the Daily Rios for Friday, July 13th, 2012. It's Feedback Friday, taking a look at comments and reactions to this week's episodes. So I'm just going to go ahead and jump right in. This is feedback from July 9th's episode, A Day in the Life of My Crazy Family. Hilton Price says, Nice episode. The candid stuff is neat to hear, and the kids were charming. Cool idea. Philip Duncan says, The Daily Rios featuring your family was hilariously awesome. We both know why Black Widow is his favorite. His being my uh, youngest nephew. It was interesting to hear my nephews and hear their picks of what their favorite character was. And I actually have one, one other nephew that uh, is around that age, a young age, and uh, but he wasn't there. You could kind of correlate their picks to who they are. Obviously, the one, uh, he's 14, and he picked the, the one that picked the Flash because he runs fast, right? He's really into sports, so I wondered if that was the correlation there. And then the nephew that picked Black Panther is part Puerto Rican, part African American. So it was really interesting to hear him pick Black Panther because obviously he's African. And maybe that had something to do with that. And uh, he said he had a few comics. And I, I actually have a bunch of Black Panther comics. And the Black Panther Christopher Priest run from Marvel is one of my favorite Marvel runs. So I may build a second run of that and send that to him. Or maybe get him the Reginald Hudlin stuff, which is the stuff that I think he read. Uh, but again, that was really kind of interesting to see him connect to that character for uh, an obvious reason that I knew anyway, because, but obviously you listeners out there didn't know what his ethnic makeup was. Uh, and then the youngest one who said that Black Widow and Catwoman was his favorite, I got some feedback and suggesting, you know, it's the boobs uh, or it's the women. Uh, but let's just say that the you know that nephew's path uh, as he grows up might not steer him to women. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, you know, it's it, he has certain qualities. So I'm wondering, you know, when he picks Black Widow and when he picks Catwoman, I think he's he's doing it because to him they're awesome. Uh, not so much a sexual thing, but that they're characters that he really appreciates and enjoys and 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 likes. So that that was kind of interesting. I I I liked that episode. It I'll probably do more of that. So thank you everybody who responded well to that. Uh, all right for the July tenth ten tweet Tuesday episode, Chris Beckett says um, ha- about Oily Comics. Oily Comics was one of the independent comics that I talked about that is doing a subscription push. And he says, "Have you been reading the End of the Fucking World from Chuck Forsman? It's fantastic stuff." And I have not. But um, Chuck Forsman uh, was a, actually a listener of Comic Geek Speak who called in, or no, actually we, we called him. We had a segment called Call Me, and I believe we called him when he was at a flea market with his girlfriend, and he said he was going to go up to uh, the Center for Cartoon Studies in Vermont f- to, for school, and he did, and he, be- he became, uh, uh, you know, he's a, he's a cartoonist now, and, and I believe he won, I believe he won a school 
uh, a scholarship from the first awesome anthology from Indie Spinnerack from the proceeds to the Indie Spinnerack uh, awesome anthology. I think it was something like that, some kind of connection there. But uh, now he's you know full into comics. I see him at Moco all the time. Uh, but yeah, oilycomics.com, check it out. Uh, Chris continues and he says, The Comics Reporter, gotta disagree. I like what Spurgeon brings to the table, but that's something else I love about you. Your strong convictions and your willingness to stand up for them. Keep up the great work. While I certainly don't disagree that I believe that he, Tom Spurgeon brings stuff to the table with his website, I think he does it at the expense of other comics or other creators or other publishers. It's sort of like saying, I like apples because I hate pears. And you sort of want to go, well, what? What? Okay, well, I mean, I guess there's a connection there. I don't necessarily see it. Uh, you sort of just, if he likes apples so much, then talk about apples. And if you don't like pears, then don't talk about pears. Uh, it's really that kind of thing with me, with Tom Spurgeon, with his website. Um, it's not all the time. And, uh, uh, you know, his, inter- his interviews are decent and good, and he gets, good, he gets people talking in the interviews. But when they start on the whole, let's talk, let's rag on whatever, then I tune out and I, I don't care anymore. So that's what I meant about that. By the way, Chris Beckett, uh, you can, he has a website called readingwatchmen.com where he's reading the Watchmen series, the original Watchmen series. And uh, boy, I bet there's a lot of people who are pissed right now that I had to say the original Watchmen series. And he's doing annotations and uh, it's a really decent read. So check it out at readingwatchmen.com. On that same episode, 10 Tweet Tuesday, Sandy Parker says, 10 Tweet Tuesday is such a simple idea and so effective, nicely done. As someone who's lost 40 pounds, quit smoking and drinking, and runs a lot, I'm very glad to hear you talk health. You know, I often thought about doing a YouTube video series for comic book creators, artists especially, you know, the ones that sort of sit there for 14 hours a day, to try to get them up and motivated. And I thought, obviously they could look at any workout series, but I thought at least coming from me, the ones that know me, or that if they understood uh, that I was into comics and I understood their uh, craft in in terms of what they have to do day to day, I thought they might pay a little bit more attention to what I might have to offer in in a workout series. Um, Because I wouldn't be, first of all, I'm not a bulky dude. It's not like they are looking at me and going, oh, I'll never look at that, look like that. But, uh, I could sort of coach them through while understanding what their work work habits are and give them some kind of, you know, healthier alternative to just sitting at a desk for 14 hours, hours a day and then maybe standing up for five minutes, like actually doing like a 20-minute workout every couple hours or something like that just to try to – because, you know, a lot of them have a lot of issues, either weight or health issues or they're just not healthy in general. Even if there isn't – you know, maybe they don't have a weight problem but they're just not healthy because it's a very stationary profession. And uh, uh, so, yeah, I, I did actually want to think about doing that. Uh, you know, I'm certainly – not a health nut, uh, you know, it's it's just me being as healthy as I want to be, you know, uh, especially because I'm not giving up drinking or anything like that. But next up for the July 11th New Comics Wednesday episode, Chris Beckett again, he says, I got the IDW Daredevil Artist Edition 2 and it's gorgeous, but I think you're mistaken that others have just random issues. They collect complete story arcs. Thor has two arcs. Tarzan is the full Kubert run, but maybe not unbroken runs. If I'm wrong, mea culpa. Um, yeah, they do collect story arcs, but they're, it's not like it's consecutive from arc to arc or, 
Um, the Tarzan one I looked up, it says it can collect six complete Kubert Tarzan adventures, including the classic four-part origin story. Now, obviously, he's done more than six. Um, are they six issues in a row? Are they the four-part origin story and then maybe like a random issue and a random issue? I don't know. That's what that's what kind of bugs me with the whole thing. Um, I wish it was a little bit more consecutive. Or if they're going to do the Walt Simonson Thor run, then maybe maybe do all of it. I mean, I know that's probably impossible, but it would be amazing. On that same episode, David D says, Just read Walking Dead 100. It is a remarkable achievement to get that far and still one of the books I look forward to most each month. But it is also a bummer that in all the admittedly earned self-congratulations in the back of the book, the name Tony Moore does not appear. He refers to Walking Dead as something I created. He continues to claim the sole creator credit, and he claims sole creator credit for Thief of Thieves, which he neither scripts nor draws, which leads me to a bigger question, as this came up around Gary Friedrich's Ghost Rider claim. Can a writer who doesn't draw ever really claim to be the sole creator of a comic's character? Isn't the moment an artist collaborates to design and make visual the characters the moment when authorship and creator credit become shared? I certainly agree with that. I didn't even notice it when I read the book until David pointed it out. David went on to say, uh, concerning Robert Kirkman's manifesto, his uh, comic book manifesto about creating your own properties, it's kind of an interesting twist that now he has people working for him. And uh, sure, maybe those new creators, you hope that their contracts are sound and that they're getting a little bit of the, uh, you know, get a little, a little bit of the back end or getting a little bit more percentage, but maybe than they would in a, in a mainstream company, but it, it is kind of an interesting twist. And yeah, I agree with that. You know, people say that Tony Moore hasn't been on the book for almost 100 issues. Does he still deserve the credit? You know, absolutely. I think even Charlie Adler doing the great work that he's doing is still, um, it still has a flavor of what Tony Moore brought to the book. Uh, in, in the design of the characters and the way the book feels, um, yeah, it's it's tough. And and certainly, look how popular Tony Moore is at conventions. I mean, he gets swamped. People still want to hit him to draw them as zombies, and uh, they still want his work, his his name attached to their art, uh, and that's huge. I mean, he made a name for himself, and and he made a name for Walking Dead as well. So it is kind of an interesting question. Uh, I certainly. Uh, so that I think it's something that will be interesting to look at in the next uh, year or so, and certainly to see what happens with Walking Dead and, and the the TV show, the book, um, a possible some kind of possible suit that's going on between the two that who two guys who used to be high school friends. Uh, David D also pointed out that you know what luck did Robert Kirkman have of having a friend like Tony Moore who could draw so awesomely well and. Uh, could put such a mark on the book, you know, maybe there, maybe that's something Robert Kirkman should remember. So I read Walking Dead 100. I'm not going to talk about what happened in it. I, I, I'm way behind on it, but I still got the issue and I still wanted to read it. And I have to say it was sort of, wasn't as subtle as, uh, some of the earliest stuff is. And, um, it felt like, uh, felt just kind of surfacey. And, and again, I haven't read the issues leading up to it. So maybe the, the stuff leading up to it, means that this issue actually earns what happens in it. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of... It didn't make me want to rush back in and read it and catch up. So, I'll just say that. 
July 12th, 100 Movies to See Before You Die episode. Dave S. says, Oh man, cracking me up. By the way, Schindler's List can be passed. Wow. I thought for sure I'd get nailed on not having seen that one. Um, He took the 100 Movies Challenge as well on his Tumblr, and he came up with only 18 that he hadn't seen, which made me realize that I didn't count up my list uh, of, of ones that I hadn't seen. And I did, and there were 53 on that list that I hadn't seen, which is crazy. So I'll have to correct that. Um, Devin Bruce, Dr. Teeth of Scotch and Comics, word.wordpress.com says, um, if JLo's keeping you away from out of sight, she's actually good in it. I was kept away by her at first. And then Joey Alicio of the Chemical Box podcast agrees, saying that she's perfect. And I know that's one of her earliest movies. So um, I remember there being quite a, a critical, you know, flurry of support for her in that movie as she made the jump into movies and I don't know. Maybe I'll see it. Maybe I won't. Sandy Parker, about the same episode, says, Super Cop, where's Shakespeare in love? Yeah, I was quite surprised that that wasn't on there as well. And then I got some feedback, miscellaneous feedback, from Tumblr and Twitter and here and there. Uh, Someone anonymously on Tumblr says, What are your thoughts on what's been going on in the Nightwing book? Do you like how his origin has been slightly altered in the Court of Owl story? So you like the red and black costume as opposed to the blue and black? Not caught up on Nightwing, haven't finished Court of Owls, so I can't answer that. But as to the costume, I mean, certainly not the first time he's had a change in costume. And and, uh, I know some people don't quite necessarily like the red as opposed to the blue, which we're used to. But again, I don't look at it as a change. It's supposed to be a new universe, uh, a new starting point. It doesn't bother me. I mean, I lived through the a couple tacky costumes and the time when he had that really long uh, rat tail. So, a change in color, not a problem. I I really don't have a problem with the new costume. Megatrip Matt from Tumblr, he says, You're still getting a lot of DC 52 titles. I've been really disappointed in it, down to only Action and Frankenstein. I have been getting a lot of all of the DC 52, and uh, I once thought I was going to get them for maybe six months, and then I thought, well, maybe only three months, and then I said, what the heck, I'll do it for a whole year. And now this zero-month issue, the uh, month, is really starting to pique my interest again in seeing what happens beyond that. So they might just get another year out of me. But I'll be talking more about DC52, not in this podcast, but somewhere else down the road. Hilton Price again, he says, uh, enjoying Friday's episode. Are you using any special app on your iPhone to record, edit, etc.? Nope, here's what I do. I take the voice recorder on my iPhone. I record using my earbuds that have a little mic on it right near your mouth. Uh, You can get about seven to eight minutes, uh, seven to eight minutes of a recording that you can then email. If you do more than that, then you sort of have to truncate the the length and then do it in parts when you want to send it in emails. Then I put it all in GarageBand and make it sound like it all connects and uh, makes it sound like one long episode. No big secret. And then um, after that, throw it in uh, iTunes to give it some information and then I put it up at the archive.org. Eventually, yes, I will be getting an RSS as I said before. But that's what I do right now for these single voice podcasts. This is perfect. It's not the 100% perfect quality audio, but it it works for me. And it's good because it's uh, easily transportable. So that's what I use. I also got some suggestions from last week's worth of episodes uh, of certain TV shows I should watch. Um, Air from Longbox Review asked if I watch Doctor Who, which I do not. I don't think I'll ever get into that. 
meaning not not meaning that I, it's not like I won't enjoy it. I just don't know if I want to get into it. There's a lot of other things that are, would be higher on my list than that. I'll say that. Uh, Josh Finney said, what about Game of Thrones on HBO? Yes, I do eventually want to watch those, but I also want to read the books first because that's kind of what I do with stuff that gets adapted. I like to read the original material and then get to the adaption. I did that with Hunger Games. I did it with Harry Potter. Obviously, Lord of the Rings I had read way before the movies ever came out. So that means I'm probably going to have to wait uh, to watch Hunger uh, Game of Thrones until I read anything that's out. And then David D. recommended Louie and then offered up a description of what it's about and sort of how it pushes buttons and where it goes. And I've heard from about that from other people too, so that might be one I might check out. Satisfy your literary craving at bookwormbanquet.com Brought to you by Radio CSS Media Your source for family's family-centered content Join your hosts, J.D. and Nicole, as they review family-friendly literature. The book we're going to talk about today is called Hope Rising, The Water's Roar, a book called An Eye for Glory, compelling author interviews, talking with Carl Bacon, our interview with Kim Meter. When did you begin writing? Has it always been a passion of yours? Do you ever ask yourself why why you do this? And as always, the enlightening fun fact. We're going to jump right into it. And now it's time for Nicole's Bookworm Fact. Oh, yes. I'm very excited about today's Bookworm Fact. Well, I think that is all we have for you this time. If you would like to get in touch with us, there's several ways you can do that. First and foremost, you can check out our website, bookwormbanquet.com. 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 And finally, Andrew Renz says, Pete, any Titans Tower plans for the future? And by all means, go to Andrew Renz, uh, A-N-D-R-E-W-R-E-N-S dot Tumblr dot com. Uh, just to check out what he's doing there. It's really kind of interesting. He's a doctor who enjoys comics and draws and he creates his own characters and throws them up there. And uh, uh, it's kind of a cool Tumblr. So check it out. Andrew Renz dot Tumblr dot com. And I think it's great hearing from a lot of people who I haven't heard from in a long time, most of them listeners from Comic Geek Speak or other podcasters, um, uh, hearing everybody come out and supporting the Daily Rios. And and what I'm trying to do here has been really, really cool. Uh, Even my girl listens. She listens too, which is a little scary and intimidating because I I don't know what I'm going to say and I don't always remember what I say and she she will. And um, yeah, so that's a little weird. But uh, yeah, you know, hey. I'm putting it all out there. Uh, to his questions, yes, there will be Titans more Tower episodes in the future. Those will be longer ep- episodes, um, and uh, those will come out, you know, once a week, once every other week, something like that. Once I jump back in, obviously, I have to wait till the website's up and until the RSS feed is up, because I'm thinking I might re-release the earliest episodes I did uh, as a CGS spinoff. And then continue on from there. So that might be a nice way to catch up too. If I release those episodes one a week or every other week, I can record new ones and then uh, keep that pretty consistent in its schedule. So yes, Tower will return to take a look at uh, you know the Paris Wolfman run of the New Teen Titans. I also had the thought of Derek Coward over at Comic Book Noise. He has something called the Reader Feed, where people go in and do short podcasts uh, about characters or teams or titles that aren't being covered, such as I know he was doing one on Fell. Uh, Maybe somebody was doing one on Hulk. I think somebody was doing one on Grendel. Somebody did one on Starman. And I've often wanted to contribute to that over the years. 
And I think I might actually do that. I think I actually have the subject too, but I'm not going to say anything just yet. If that happens, I'll let you know, and then you you will be able to find that over on Derek's Derek Coward's feed. He would put it out through his uh, um, RSS and through all his family of shows. I think that'd be cool, and Derek already has already said if I want to do that, he'd be up for that, so I appreciate that. So that's it. If you want to leave feedback, it's just as simple as uh, my Twitter is Peter J. Rios. You can leave a direct message or just a, a reply. You can go to Tumblr, hit Ask. And you don't have to join. You can just hit it and and ask me a question and just sign your name to it. Uh, and then I'll get that. I also have a kick, which is Peter John R. My Tumblr is peterjohnrios.tumblr.com. My Twitter is at peterjrios. Uh, there is a CGS form I posted up in the other podcast section about the show. Just sort of like promoting the show. I have to say, Mr. Phil, he's a man of many, many ideas, brilliant ideas. He once said... You should just have people start threads on any form. And just, you know, this episode or this week's of episodes you'll find on CGS. And this week's episodes you'll find on another form, which I think is a great idea. <laughs> it's very guerrilla. Um, it's different. It's very in-your-face. I don't want to moderate a form. I don't want a form. But I think that's funny. So, hey, if you start a thread on another form, let me know. Maybe I might go over and pop in and say hello. Or at the very least, it'll help spread the word. All right, so thank you for all the comments that people have been leaving everywhere. Uh, thank you for the retweets and, and just all the support. I really do appreciate it all. That's it for this Feedback Friday. That's it for this week's shows. I'll see you on Monday. I'm sure there'll be a lot of San Diego news I want to talk about. And I know I want to start dipping into... This is my 25th year being in theater. Uh, so I think I want to just try to... Go down memory lane on some of that as well, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens next week. All right. Talk to you later. Have a good weekend.